The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down. It is uh, it's Suicide Prevention Month, and I figured it would be smart to bring in some of my friends that have not only... Uh, been down that road, but also um, have a lot of experience in in meeting with people and counseling with people that are dealing with suicide and depression and stuff like that. So I have Christina Baudreau. Did I say it right? Baud- say it. Boudreau. Boudreau. <laughs> like I always ruin it. It's fine, man. And it has every vowel but I, so... And everyone that listens to the show, and every time I have her on, I think the conversation goes exactly like that. Pretty much, yeah. Well, you know Christina. She's one of the ambassadors of the Whosoever. She's been on the show several times. Um, you've seen her uh, yeah, on the show, and she has a, a, a powerful story, so it's always good to have her on and have her insight as she travels around and speaks in front of thousands of, of high school students. She works uh, very closely with a lot of young girls and, and, and women in their uh, – their, you know, their quest and journey through their, their faith walk. So it's good to have her perspective. Then I got Wade, uh, uh, Wade O'Neill from Calvary Chapel Diamond Bar. He's been on the show several times as well. You guys, you guys will know him once he starts talking, but, um, his story is he's, uh, went through this road of, uh, suicide and depression and God pulled him through and he's here at the church and Wade, you counsel with so many people. You do funerals for exactly this subject. So, both of you guys, welcome to the show. Yeah. Why don't you just let the listeners uh, know, um, just kind of laid out from what kind of uh, stories you've been hearing, uh, from funerals you've been doing, from families you've been meeting with. What is the pulse? What is going on right now in 2020 with suicide? Well, there, it, it seems like there's always been this theme over the past geez, 10 years, it seems, is uh, depression and suicide amongst young people has really been rampant. And over the course of these last few months, though, um, we hear a lot of younger people have this feeling because of quarantine, mm-hmm. because of the, the really lack of, of hope in this, in this world right now, um, feeling pressed in and trapped. And so we're getting a lot of calls of younger people struggling with depression. Um, the first funeral I did during this uh, COVID uh, pandemic was for a young girl who committed suicide. And so we're, we're seeing not only, now we're also seeing not only young people who are uh, battling with severe depression or who were battling with severe depression and now they're, they're really deep in it, but also older people who have never battled depression that are raising young children. They don't see a hope for their children in this world, perhaps because of the economic problems uh, they're facing. They've lost their jobs. They've, they've lost careers. We're facing different challenges today than, ever, than we ever have before. And so I think a lot of people from whether you're younger or older, are this broad range of ages are experiencing some, maybe some for the first time, despondency, despair, depression. Mm-hmm. And then the, those younger people who are have had so much taken away from them right now by 100%. means of just a normal life are dealing with battles that they've never have gone through right now. So we, so we got a great task. In I, front of I us. have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So that girl, how, how young was she? Uh, she was 18. So she just became an adult. She's yeah. considered young. Um, we know that the CDC came out with a, uh, an interview on Fox news and probably some other channels as well saying that, um, 
suicide and drug overdose is higher than ever with with teens. But as you were saying, this is uh, this isn't affecting everyone because the the job uh, loss of jobs. Um, people are also because of the pandemic. People are at home with their families, and if you don't get along with your spouse. Uh, or you know, yeah. if you're not a Christian, you're living with your girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, sure. Now you're 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 stuck at home in the in the situation, and and you're you're stuck with all your kids, and maybe you don't even like your kids, and this could cause literally to fights and depression and and drug overdose and drinking and all these things, and um, it's and then you have also with the media, you know what? Like I'm just I guess what I'm trying to do is unpeel the onion. Like why suicide? You have the media pushing all this fear. You know, you're scared of, of, of to go out, out your doors and there's all these different things that can um, attribute to to depression and then just say, man, I can't live like this. I don't want to live like this. The world's coming to an end. I mean, there's fires out there right now. You know, when I walked in, I'm like, all we need is the alien ship to show up and, you know, over the, over L.A. And, and then it would be like, okay, this is it, you know. And I say that lightly, but, you know, there is a lot of things things happening right now in 2020 like i was literally just driving here because i'm staying at my parents right now and i'm driving down the hill um I'm, my phone doesn't even get reception right uh -huh. now for some reason the wi-fi went out at my dad's house like because the fires and everything that's going on like i'm literally going like like i i'm a christian i have peace I, I know what's going on. I, I read the bible i'm not worried about what's going on but i'm literally going man if i was not a christian right now just looking outside, watching the news, everything that's going on with the riots, with racism. Um, 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 we're in the middle of about to have a civil war. Um, uh, the uh, politics, I mean, politics and all these things, it's so bizarre. Like even when you're watching the news right now, you're watching the two sides of what's going on. And one side you're going, how could you even believe this stuff? Like, these people aren't even answering questions or pushing riots. Like when you really look at how crazy it is right now you, and then you don't have hope in Jesus Christ, this could literally cause you to go like, why we, why even we're stuck at our houses? Why are we even here? What is going on? There's nothing good that seems that could even happen right now. Yeah, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that the feeling of, Again, hopelessness. That's what. That's really what depression is. Whether it's truth or a lie. When you're in Christ, there's never a hopeless situation. The Lord has a purpose for all things and is working in all things and desires to minister to you and use you in the midst of all things. But if you don't have Christ, all the plans of the pe people that were walking according to this world are, and the Lord wiped them out completely in a matter of months. And so. Um, hopefully people are going to turn to the Lord and I believe the harvest is right now more than ever before. So we'll see what the Lord does. Um, James, James talks about going through having joy in trials, mm -hmm. like yeah. the book, yeah. you know, there's, it's a lot of hard times. It talks about just going through really, uh, hard times in, in your life. But there is, there is joy when you're when you're walking with God, and I would encourage people to read that that book of James. It's really short; it's like five or six chapters. But um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, God doesn't promise us um, you know this this great life, as in like everything's gonna work out. There's mountaintop experiences, there's joy, mm -hmm. but then there's also hard, difficult trials. And I would look at 2020 as a, a big trial. 
Yeah. Right. And, sure. and you could either press in or like my wife would say, hunker down and, and press into the storm and, and look for, cause God's in the storms. He's everywhere. Or you could just lose it and yeah. just give up and become hopeless and yeah. find yourself in a situation where you feel like it's never going to get better. Storms come and they go, right? Yeah. Yep. They come yeah. and go. But, but your, your, your faith will endure during this, can endure during this time. And there is hope in Jesus Christ and you can get through and this storm will pass. Is it hard? Yes, it's very hard, but don't, don't lose hope. Christina, yeah. what, what would you have to say about everything that's, that, you know, we've been yeah. talking about and just from your perspective of what's going on? Yeah, you know, as I was just kind of praying about just what, you know, just where like kind of what Wade said, you know, it's like right now, I read a statistic that said like one in four young adults are dealing, have contemplated suicide. This is a CDC statistic, mm -hmm. yeah. have contemplated suicide because of the pandemic. And I think when you, when we think about suicide, no one wakes up one day and I'm sure Wade, you know this yeah. too, and, and thinks to themselves, I'm depressed and I want to commit suicide today. And a lot of what I feel led to just like talk about today is what it, what it's like to be in a situation where there's extreme loss, despair, and hopelessness mm -hmm. and choose that path versus being in a situation where you're experiencing those same things, but choosing like victory. Mm -hmm. um, just want to share briefly, like T take your time. Yeah. We, we yeah. Got an hour. Yeah, for sure. So um, a couple years ago in 2018, I was experiencing just a lot of, um, a lot of loss, kind of what a lot of people are experiencing now, a lot yeah. of loss. Um, my, home for a couple years was very toxic there was a lot of violence the cops were in and out a lot of drug addiction witchcraft a lot of stuff was happening and I was going from that to doing ministry with in pretty crazy situations you know like ministering to people who are going through hard things and so naturally like I like I had a lot of those emotions of like sadness and hopelessness you know and a lot of those things mm -hmm. because of my circumstances and started dealing with like panic attacks and anxiety at the beginning of 2018 and had experienced more loss towards the middle of 2018. Um, I had lost a church family and I got, without giving a lot of details, I got adopted by another church family out of the state of California. And when I originally went there, um, I went there to get away. I went there to heal. I went there to kind of have a safe place because my home wasn't a safe place. Mm -hmm. And what I experienced there was more abuse and more trauma. And so, and I think who I was inside, like my house, literally, my my life felt like, like I don't know, my soul just felt really empty. You know, my spirit just felt really tired, like emotionally, I was so tapped out. And my I started developing depression towards the end of eight, 2018 and basically to um I flew back down to California to do a TED talk and then when I flew back up um to where I was staying at the time I pretty much I was working 13 hour days for like six days straight and I pretty much had a nervous breakdown where I lost my mind for about a week dealt with severe panic attacks a lot of depression extreme suicidal thoughts and in that moment I was where a lot of people are today mm -hmm experiencing a lot of loss, a lot of hopelessness, a lot of despair, a lot of really feeling like abandoned or really not knowing what my life is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, if this is all my life is going from 
one abusive trauma situation to the next. Like, I don't know if I want to live this life anymore. Right. And at that point, like I was a Christian, I was in ministry, I was experiencing, I had experienced the faithfulness of the Lord. But in that moment, all I wanted was for the pain to end. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about my family. I wasn't thinking about my friends. I wasn't thinking about what my actions, like the repercussions of my actions. I just remember literally thinking to myself, my life feels like a house that's empty with no furniture. It feels so empty and I just want the emptiness to go away. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the corner store, got some pills and I was going to overdose mm-hmm. just out of state, out, you know, whatever. And in that moment of really feeling like completely out of myself, like, my mind was racing so fast and all I remember was the peace of the Lord come upon me mm-hmm. and the Lord just speaking to my heart, like Christina, I love you. And I felt a peace I hadn't experienced in a long time. And the Lord that day encountered me. And it wasn't like this moment where like the angel showed up to Mary and was like, you're going to have the son of God. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was just a moment <laughs> where I felt, so don't look for that big moment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was just, their simple reminder from the good shepherd that he loved me and he saw my pain, he saw my loss and he saw my circumstance. And from that point, I actually spent three months in Florida last year at Calvary Chapel Bible Fellowship um, at Jairus's church. You know, he's one of our ambassadors. I spent three months just healing, taking Bible classes. I was like, I would vacuum the church after church on Sundays. Yeah. Like I just would like lay in the church hmm. sanctuary in the middle of the day and just have my devos with the Lord. Cause I needed a season with my shepherd yeah. where I needed him to restore my soul. And that's really what the Lord did. And when I came home last year from Florida, I came home to a, a family member who had just gotten out of jail, who my parents were trying to rehab at the time. But this family member was also the family member that raped me growing up. Hmm and was fully involved in witchcraft. So I came home to an, an environment once again where there was witchcraft, having to look into the face of my abuser every day, and um, and honestly feeling like a season where I literally remember coming home and being like, is this some kind of sick joke, you yeah, know? Yeah. But, but I, honestly, I'm, I'm listening to the story, yeah. <laughs> and I've heard it before, and I'm thinking yeah. like, like, I'm thinking like, what if I was in that situation? <laughs> like, like, that's yeah. so gnarly yeah yeah it was That's so gnarly yeah yeah like i wouldn't like, wish I that? that i don't know if I can yeah do that. i wouldn't wish that circumstance upon my worst enemy and i don't have very many enemies yeah um and long story short um three months later the same global organization and ministry that was located outside of california that had adopted me um shut down because of the abuse that myself and over 150 young people had experienced mm-hmm. and so in a day i lost the only place that I thought was safe. Mm -hmm. I lost all of my stuff that I had moved up there, like 29 years worth of stuff. Like I had just gotten back from India Mm -hmm. and I had like a suitcase of like tunics and like some jeans and t-shirts with me. I lost all my stuff. I lost my monthly income, which was basically, I was on their missionary support. Mm -hmm. I lost two people in my life that I believed were good at the time who were like parents to me. Mm -hmm. I lost those people. I lost a community. I lost so much in one day and I remember, and it was all because of this like global abuse scandal and it was like such a gnarly situation. And so I remember like getting a phone call that day after like everything happened and literally looking at my life, Ryan. Like I literally remember being at home. I had just gotten back from India and literally being like, my story of abuse is now all over these news outlets. Mm -hmm. My, 
I'm looking at my home situation, yeah. at the person that abused me growing up. I'm looking at my house and having to be having to battle like gnarly spiritual warfare every day because of the witchcraft that was happening in my yeah. house. Mm-hmm. And literally, like I could have chosen one of two paths. Right. I could have chosen the path of like my life is done. Mm-hmm. Like I experienced a level of hopelessness and sadness and despair and abandonment and betrayal that day that I had never experienced in my life. Mm-hmm. But it was a choice that day to choose the path of depression mm-hmm. and defeat and hopelessness or to right. choose the path yep. that would ultimately lead to victory. And that day I remember looking back at my time that I had with the Lord in Florida of how faithful he was to me. Mm-hmm. I looked back at all of the times in the word that I had when I was in Florida of literally reading the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how when they were in the fire, the Lord reminded them, like, you are unbound in the fire, so stop acting like you're bound. And and really yeah. taking that word to heart and the Lord reminded me that, like, just like how Job experienced so much loss in one day, like he literally lost everything in one day. Yeah. And that was the same thing with me. I lost everything in one day and it wasn't because he did anything wrong but because he did everything right. Mm. And Satan asked the Lord to sift him and, you know, whatever. And Job's response to loss was worship. And I remember that day going in my room and going on my knees and just worshiping the Lord. And I was like, dude, this is nuts. I feel like my life was a dollhouse that just got turned upside Mm. down. But I was like, I'm going to work through this and I'm not going to end up where I was. So I remember calling my best friend to go to Florida for two weeks. I remember calling Ryan. I remember calling um, a couple other people in my life and really saying like, dude, like I need you guys to hold my feet to the fire Mm -hmm. because this is really nuts, but I'm not going to allow this this loss and despair and hopelessness Mm -hmm. to take me out. And practically, it was a long year of healing. Like this family member, by the grace of God, no longer lives with my family they're back on the street but like i literally had to not allow myself to be a victim of my circumstance to not allow myself no not to allow my circumstances to become my identity like i will how a lot of people are looking at their life right now like a lot of people are like i've lost my job i can't provide for my family i've lost my mental health like i can't go to school like everything that has ever defined everyone has been completely stripped away. And now they're the victim. Yeah, and now that, they're the victim. That's interesting that you say that. First yeah. of all, because as you're talking about all this, yeah. I'm just thinking Job. Job, yeah. all the day, it's just gone. Yeah. But then also the the verse that I thought of was um, in uh, Matthew when it talks about, you know, the road. The, yeah. The road to, to heaven is narrow yeah. and few find it. Yeah. But the highway to hell is broad and many choose yeah. that way. Well, the road, the difficult road to heaven, it's, it's, it says it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. narrow and it's, it's a difficult road because yeah. it, why is it difficult? Because amongst all the circumstance and all the stuff that's going on, the yeah. easy way was just be like, I'm just going to off myself. And I'm, do I'm, drugs or yeah, do I'm gonna like numb myself alcohol. Pain, yeah. Or I'm going to just kill myself. And that's mm-hmm. just the easy thing to do. Yeah. But the hard part, the narrow road is difficult yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and few find it because it's all about faith and endurance. Yeah. through these times yeah and god doesn't uh, god doesn't he's not giving you all this stuff it's just we're living a fallen world and yeah. things happen and things fall apart i've heard stories of a you know a, a guy that you know he lost his job started losing his wealth obviously when you lose your job and your wealth and you're trying to provide for your family all those things that you're talking about you know yeah. mortgage and gas and car payment and food and 
you know, all the basic things that you need to just operate, plus your family that all yeah. connects to all that stuff. And I remember him just saying, you know what? I'm just, I was just going to, I was just going to commit suicide. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just going to end it all because of the circumstances. But God yeah. intervened and yeah. God took him on a long road, a journey of healing, a process. It wasn't like immediately, yeah. but he had to like put the time in that difficult, narrow road to the kingdom. Yeah. He had to bear his cross and God took him from one really desperate, empty place in his life and literally rebuild his life mm. and restored his life. It, David yeah. Arroyo. Yeah. David yeah. Arroyo, we know. Yep. Yeah. And, and then from that point now is God has blessed his life. His kids are like a scholarship to, to, to Stanford and, and yeah. to, uh, uh, for wrestling. And one's got uh, a full ride to Ravi Zachariah's school. And he, yeah. he graduated top of his class at Chapman and yeah. got some crazy award that they haven't gotten 40 years. And he's going to be a yeah. doctor. But but think about him in this time, and this is, relates to you in that time where you were at. Yeah. He was in this desperate place, yeah, empty. And if he would have done that, he would have never seen what God yeah. was about to do yeah. on the flip side yeah. of his life, because that yeah. would have that suicide, all that would have completely destroyed the family. Yeah, operation. Who knows how the f kids would have been affected, and the wife and everyone. Yeah. But even with you, and I'm gonna let Wade. Wade's gonna chime into this as well, but. Now going back to you where you were at and now what God has done yeah. since that time. And yeah. how long ago was that? Can, time yeah, flies. that was, was that like, or? yeah, it was a year ago. Just a year ago. She, and, you know, she's talking about that whole yeah, yeah. thing. She, yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. Potter's field and all that back in the day. Yeah. Um, but but um, now, but what God has done has been this journey. He's healing it's you. Amazing. I've seen you walk through this and he's still working out his, his stuff in yeah, your life. Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and I think that's what a lot of people like I just want to validate for a lot of people yeah. is that when hard stuff happens, like, like healing is hard work. Like when I had to go to physical therapy for my foot, like when I had a torn ligament, like dude, it was hard work to strengthen that muscle again. And physical therapy. Yeah. yeah. And I had, and honestly, I think that's the biggest thing that I want to share today is that a lot of you guys are probably where I was last year, where all you think about with life right now is that, is that, in life in this world right now there's darkness there's hopelessness and despair but what i've experienced with the lord as the good shepherd when you read the shepherds look at psalm 23 and when it says like he will lead us through the valley of the shadow of you know he lead us through the valley of the shadow yeah. of death he will fear no evil and it says you know he leads us like sorry that's a different verse he will lead, right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and but when a shepherd talks about when a shepherd leads the sheep through the valley it's to the purpose of leading them to the mountaintop and that's what a shepherd's look at Psalm 23 is. And that's what God did in my life was really taking me through the valley, not to leave me there, not to leave me in a broken place, but to lead me to the mountaintop where there's greener pastures. And what God has done over this last year of my life is that he has literally done what he did in the life of Job. Like he has restored, he has given me double of what I had before. And it might not be in like physical things, but it has been he's restored my soul double fold, like emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. He has walked, I literally backtracked with the Lord of this last year of how he took me to like, I'm really good with like Pastor Rob McCoy, Calvary Thousand Oaks and the linguists there. They hosted me for two weeks and just counseled me for two weeks with everything that happened last year. 
I went to India twice. Like God took me to Mexico. I went to Malaysia to visit my family for a month. Like God has literally brought so many amazing people in my life. I have seen so much beauty in the body of Christ. He's restored my trust in people. Like I, there is so much beauty and life and hope in this world. And I think at the time I didn't see that obviously, but I chose to cling on to what I believed was good about God. And I think a lot of people, you think that there is no good left in this world. You think there's no light. You think there's no hope, but what I've experienced over this last year, despite my circumstances, when I literally remember looking at God and there was a day that I literally said, God, why would a loving God allow this to happen to me? That I was like, I got that honest with the Lord and the Lord literally just took my hand, took me through that season. And I look back now and I thank the Lord for that season. Like I thank the Lord for that because I have, that's a part of my testimony that God is now using. And I, and if I could do it again, I would. So with all that said, you're listening right now and you might be in this situation. I think everything that she said would add up to a situation where you could be suicidal. And I think there's a lot of different elements uh, in your life that can relate to so many different people that are listening to the show right now. Yeah. And this is the, this is the, uh, the story. This is the good news of Christ of what he does. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a journey. The road's difficult, but God is faithful with his grace and he will see you through and he will heal you and he will carry you through these, these, cr- the most crazy, these, some of these most difficult times in your life, you'll look back and you'll be like, how in the heck did I make it through? And literally it's just, God's grace. I'm gonna let uh, Wade chime in now. Um, so, what would you? How would you like to add uh, to that? And, and um, just kind of piggyback well, I think off that. A lot of what she shared right now is is so important. And just praying through this show, coming before this, I think there's just. I know the Lord was just leading me in the direction of everything she just said. Of the, a choice needs to be made. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say that I've only battled depression once in my life, but that's that's not true. It's mm-hmm. at, at, it comes in seasons and it comes and it goes, but in those seasons there's always a choice to be made. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it's daily. Sometimes it's moment by moment. I'm not going to live in this. I've experienced God's grace in the past. I know how to walk through this now. Mm-hmm. And the bite of it isn't as gnarly any longer but there are certain disciplines you have to instill into your life Mm -hmm. there are things that you have to do the bible talks about not giving satan a foothold talk Um, about that in the um in the world we live in right now um especially there's there's so much at our fingertips and a feeling of wanting to get out of a situation or i can't ever get out of this situation is is often in the minds of people that are battling despair and depression and a lot of times we distract ourselves from the feelings that we're going through social media uh, try to numb yourself medicate yourself Um, but you have to own it if you're a believer you have to take up your cross and you have to go through this and for me i can speak for myself in dealing with these things i know the things in my life the footholds that i can allow into my life that will lead me down that path and i know there's things that i need to be super disciplined in um that if i when you're when you're going through a difficult season there's a sense of everything's out of your control 
And so for the, the, the words can't and never, I'll never get out of this situation. It's always going to be like this. I'm always going to feel like this. It's not true. But as Christina was saying, you're, you're in the fire, but you're not bound in the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I've developed this mindset of like wanting to master the things that are in my control mm-hmm. um, in the midst of a difficult situation. So it's not so much of getting out of it, but it's, it's walking through it, gaining what the Lord has for me in it. Um, and it's as simple as disciplining, discipline in your spiritual life, discipline and even taking care of yourself physically. Um, a lot of things in your life that you need to examine your own heart and examine your own mind and ask the Lord to go before you in those challenges. So um, whatever you're going through right now in your life, I, I pray throughout this show we can give you some opportunities to really, I guess, some tangible things to take home and to learn how to walk this walk. And because it's, you, you will get through it. If you're walking through it with the Lord, you will get through it. This this temptation of Satan to tell you that this is never going to change, so just end it. That's it's not true. It's it's a deception. It's a lie. But the peace comes within it when you surrender to it and say, "Okay, Lord, this is the lot that you've given me in my life right now. This is what you've allowed into my life right now. How do you want me to walk through this?" And when you begin to walk through it with the Lord, um that changes everything. And when we get back from the break in a couple minutes, um, I want to talk about, you know, because you said, I wish I could say I'd, I've only dealt with it once. Mm-hmm. And you're a pastor, you're a Christian, and people say, well, how come Christians deal with it? I want to talk about that. And I want to expand on the footholds because I got some things to say about the footholds as well. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes right after the break, but I also want to plug that we are touring Montana and Idaho uh, this month, so contact us. We have a few dates that are open. Um, we are coming to Florida the month of November for our tour, and we are working on booking more dates around the world. So please contact us at thewhosoevers.com, and we will come and bring the gospel. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. All right, we're back. Then I got Wade and Christina in studio. We were, it's uh, suicide, um, suicide Awareness Month, and at the first top of the show, Christina was talking about her story, about uh, the difference between victory and defeat, you would say, and uh, it's very powerful. So if you've missed it, tune back in. But what I, before the break, Wade, you were, you were talking about, you said a comment, you go, you know, I dealt with depression, um, and I wish I could say it was only one time in my life, but it was a couple different times. You're a pastor at Calvary Chapel, and um, you were also talking about these footholds that we allow Satan to get a hold of us, and you know it causes this depression and anxiety and all this stuff in our life, unbelief and all these things. And I want to I want to unpack both of those things and, and dig into them a little bit more. So, like, for start with Christian dealing with depression, people would say, well. The Bible says whoever the Son of God sets free is free indeed. So how would you take that verse and compare it to you, a Christian, and you going through hard times and and uh, battling bouts of depression uh, once in a while? How would yeah, you? I, w- I would just say that um, no one is going to know how you feel 
And so that feeling that you have that no one knows that you, how you feel, it's true and it's not true, right? The Bible says that there's no temptation that's not common to man, right? The, the Lord, I mean, we've all gone through, through battles in our lives, but the truth of your feeling that you feel like no one understands um, is is true to a degree because you can't effectively when you're going through this this despair and depression you can't uh, you can't effectively put words to what you're thinking and how you're feeling and when you try to explain it to somebody and that you're trying to make them understand it leads you into more frustration because they don't understand, they don't, they don't understand. because they're not there and so and even it, though they're they're trying their best to um, and I, I would even say this, I, I'm married, my, I love my wife, I have a great wife, yep. a spiritual woman, loves the Lord with all of her heart, but to a large degree, apart from her prayers, she's of no value in bouts of depression yeah. to me. So by God's grace, I've learned how to go through it to where she, she doesn't know, like, I'm going through it as gnarly as I am, but I just communicate to her, look, like, this is what's going on, boom, we move forward. Yeah. Um, but because... The Lord has been gracious to to teach me how to go through this, and it's really been His. And I, I'll say this: it's really His His grace. It's really instead of it being the enemy's hand, it's it's the Lord's hand of preparation in my life. The Lord's hand of molding me and shaping me in my life. So when my eyes and my heart get off of uh, what I think needs to happen, or my or my eyes get off of myself or get off the enemy and onto the lord and say okay lord what are you seeking to do in in my life in this season and there's surrender to it and working through it then there's peace in the midst of it mm -hmm. because now i know like okay lord forgive me and when, when i get when i get out everything i need to get out and i get alone with the lord and say lord i know exactly what you're doing and so I think a lot of people who maybe this is your first time going through this, or maybe you've lived in this and, and you're a believer and you really haven't pressed into the Lord and the Lord is using this to um, mold you and shape you and sand off the rough edges in your life and to humble you, um, allow it to be done and allow the Lord to, to do his work. And as Christina was saying on the first half of this show, she made a choice. She made a choice. You got to make a choice. Yep. And you say, "I'm not living in this." Yes, this is true. This is real. I'm feeling, and I'm, f and this is not like, this is not like self-help stuff. No, this is like life or death stuff. I'm going to make a choice, and I'm not going to live in this. I'm going to choose to walk with the Lord through it. Because you might try to say, "Okay, I'm not going to do this anymore." Okay, if it works for five minutes, and then you're back into it. You have to own this the season. You have to surrender. You have to put off getting out of it. You have to put off what's going to happen tomorrow. You've got to put off what your future is going to look like and just surrender and accept and rest in Christ and choose to say, okay, Lord, work on me. We were talking about the strongholds, the footholds we can allow into our life. Really quick, because we're going to go into the footholds. But it would be safe to say, and I, I truly believe it, is that when you're in these... these um, um, situations where you feel anxiety or panic attacks or depressed or anything like that it's so easy to get stuck in this zone and not to get like to get plugged into the word it's just almost like you just kind of live you just live in these areas like I think a lot of people get stuck mm -hmm. and they just they just feed into what the enemy's saying and they don't like literally pick up their bible they literally start praying they just kind of like let the enemy just kind of 
get that foothold yeah. and just run wild with, with the thought process. De- yeah, depression yeah. and getting through it and getting ultimately out of it, it's not easy, but it's very simple. Tell us like, about I that. I think if you listen to the beginning of the show with Christina, everything she, she did was simple, mm-hmm. very simple. I made a choice. I'm going to set myself aside, and I'm going to seek the Lord. And you're going to just yep. trust. I remember when the Lord taught and that's me. That's it. That, that's my point. Is like totally. Get out of that mindset. Not mindset. That's about it. Because you're, you're getting oppressed by the enemy. But you have to make that decision. And you have to literally take yourself out of that little zone you're living in. That little bubble. Mm-hmm. And you got to get out of that and, and go sit with the Lord. Yeah. Totally. You have to change the whole atmosphere or the yeah, whole I, your environment, should I say. I remember mm-hmm. the Lord teaching me like what providence really means that God is really in control of my life. And when you surrender and trust in the Lord and surrender and submit to his providence, then like what he's going to do in the future or what he's going to do tomorrow or how he's going to work a situation out becomes irrelevant because it's going to happen. And so your only focus that the Lord has given you is to seek him, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And you say, well, it can't be that simple. No, it's really that simple. simple. You are really that weak. When you feel mentally weak, you you really are that weak. But in Christ, you are strong. And the the Lord leads us up to that point to teach us that simple lesson, that we are weak, but he is strong. And in his strength, we can do all things. And the only way you're gonna know what he says is that if you read the Bible and it's like some people and I used to think like this and you know you you would say well you're going through all this crazy stuff and it's like if I read the Bible I'm reading a book like it ain't gonna do nothing to me that reading that book is not gonna fix my problems like think about like it is kind of like stupid it's a stupid thought think about it like really foolishness to the world it's it's foolishness like wait so I'm depressed or I feel anxiety or I'm just going through bad things and I'm going to go read a book and if I read that book, all of a sudden my, I'm going to feel better and it's going to fix my problems. Mm-hmm. That book is supernatural. you know. And when you have the Holy Spirit in you and you read that book, you're connecting. It's God's words. There's a supernatural event that happens when you open the Bible and you read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It just, I can't explain it. But yeah. when you get done... You're like, all of a sudden, you're like, I feel peace. Like, there's something that happens supernaturally. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God that is operating between the words on that page and you reading and your soul being impacted by it. You're being filled up, and it's coming alive, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, the Bible says. And it's it's truth. Everything, yes. all of our enemies, especially in the midst of uh, depression, the world— the flesh and the enemy. And that's all lies. And you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. You are a liar. (laughs) Your heart deceives you. The world is deceiving. Satan is deceiving. And so what you're doing is you're, you're coming to that place beside Psalm 23. You're coming beside the still waters and you're allowing your soul to be restored and you're focusing on truth. And now we're going to come back to you, uh, Christina and Wade. We'll go back and forth. But basically, you know, all that stuff that that's going on in your mind sometimes, especially in that state, it's a bunch of lies. I, heard, I saw this yeah. post a while ago. Um, it says, um, don't believe everything you think. <laughs> don't believe everything you think. Yeah. And how do you get what you're thinking? How do you find out what is going on in your mind? 
is it truth? Because you, you understand the body. Jesus says that the eye is a light to the body. We're looking at screen time. We all, we're all guilty of looking at screen time. And do you know how much fake or untruthful stuff we're putting in to our eyes that it's going into our soul? So there's a lot of thought process stuff going on in your mind. And the only way you can compare it to find out what is true is you bounce it off the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that's that supernatural event when you open the Scriptures and you start reading it. And the truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to the Father God but through Him. And the Bible is His Word. He became flesh. So when you're reading that, He's giving through the work of the Holy Spirit. He's giving truth. The the Holy Spirit that is in you is confirming the truth. And it's bound, and it it, it could show you what are lies and what is truth. And that's how we live our life. Because if you're in this place and you're depressed and you're suicidal, and you feel like you just can't do it anymore and you just can't live with your, you pretty much can't live with your mind at that point. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's why people do drugs. I mean, I was a drug. I used to like to do drugs and drinking. Why? Because there was so, I was never suicidal. Um, I would get very depressed from the amount of substance I would do in the life I was living. Um, but I always knew that there was a hell and I was like, mm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out that way. But, um, the uh, the uh, the the truth is that God, when you read the Bible, He would br- He'll bring truth to your life. And I, what I was saying is, I got lost in my my thought process there. But basically, what happened is, um, I would use drugs and alcohol to numb the pain, and to, basically, should I say, just to turn my mind off? Yeah. Because I, dude, honestly, I couldn't live. And I know this has to go with suicidal stuff, okay? Because I was never suicidal, but the the my thought process and what I would hear in my mind. And everything that I've done and the situations I put myself in and the things that I've done, I literally, I couldn't live with, with that thought, with those thoughts. So the way I dealt with it, not suicide, but I would deal with it through turning off my mind through drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And just being in a dazed, yep. dazed and confused mindset. And that's how I dealt with yeah. a lot of my stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then if you don't do that... Mm-hmm. If you do or not, and it's real, your mind's really haunting you of everything that's going on. You're like, I want this off forever. Yeah. And that's where suicide comes in. Yeah. But there's a way out. Yeah. Through Jesus Christ. Yeah. You got anything, anything else you want to say about, uh, anything you want to read over there? Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I think a lot of people, when they're going through depression, especially in this time, like every time you turn on the news, every time you turn on social media, it's like negative, negative, negative. And one of the things that I did last year that was a very practical thing was that I remember telling my parents, like, because there was a lot of people that wanted to talk to me about what happened because people just wanted to know, like, the circumstances of what I walked out of. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to sit there like a tape recorder and tell all these people because there's no point, you know. And But I said every conversation I have, every step that I take is going to be a conversation moving forward. And I made that that resolve in my life that every person I was going to talk to, it was going to be a healthy person. Every conversation I was going to have, I wanted it to be a healing conversation. Every place I went to church, you know, I started going to the young adult study at, at our church, you know, with Wade. Like, um and I was like, I want it to be a healthy place. And and when you look at the life of Job, when in the midst of everything that was happening, like he had friends that were like that negative tape recorder yeah. that were just like, you should just curse God and die. Like, you know, his wife was just yeah. like doom and gloom. And there came a point right before God restored Job that the Lord 
told Job that he needed to go and basically hold his friends accountable for misrepresenting God in his life. You know, he had to offer a sacrifice or whatever. And, and in my life, one of the things that got me through was actually, um, in Philippians four, um, verse eight, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And, and one thing that I did was that I literally resolved in my life that I was going to cut out any negative person, any negative thing, social media. I literally went on my Instagram and I unfollowed like literally 500 people. I'm following. Why'd you unfollow me? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that one day, no, that one day I accidentally. Yeah, did no, <laughs> no, no, no. I swear. I swear. Um, she did. No, I did. No, I didn't. No, but there was just a lot of like negative people and, and, and Heck yeah, they will yeah. drag you down they will drag you down and so i literally was like god i'm just gonna focus i literally was like worship music positive people yeah. people that were literally going to pull me like imagine like people like climbing a staircase and every person helping you take a step up like I cut out all the negative and I was like everything needs to be a moving forward motion and to this day some people still want to like hear the tape recorder version and I'm like no dude because that's a step back I don't need to talk about the details of what happened like everything I need to do is moving forward every book every sermon every bible study every friend every time of prayer and there was obviously a time where I met with my counselor where I talked about the details and there was times that I met with my mentors and I talked about the details um and I still do that but it's all to move forward and not dwell on the past and I think to everyone like when you read Philippians 4 8 it's like why does Paul say like focus on things that are true and just and admirable because the things you focus on like you will become what you behold. Yeah, if exactly. all I would have, yep. if all I would have focused on was the negatives about my life circumstance, because if I were to look at the facts of my life, I could have been a victim. Yeah. If I looked at the facts of my life, I could have lived in that shame, but I chose that I was not going to live in that place, and yep. I chose to focus on the goodness of God. Like I literally woke up every day and I said, you know what, Lord, and to this day I do this. I say thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for what I have. Thank you for my family. Thank you for the whosoever's. You know, thank you that I have amazing an amazing church family and friends. And the more I thanked God, the more I God restored my mind that a year later I have more joy, more peace, mm-hmm. more wholeness than I've ever had because I resolved to do what Philippians four eight says. Mm-hmm focus on good yeah. things <laughs> you know i'm gonna let you read right now uh, uh wade uh so you know it's interesting as i had because you were just talking about how god healed your mind yeah you know and uh, i had mike mcintosh on here hmm. i don't know a couple of weeks ago or something like that i don't know i'm old time flies it could have been a month, couple show. months ago i had mike on there and uh, yeah, a lot of people like that show but he was talking about how uh you know he thought he blew his brains out he thought he was walking around with half of his face blown off he went crazy from LSD and a, and a gunshot that with all these like demon wor- yeah. the devil worshipers, whatever happened to him. Um, basically he was fried to the max and he was in church. He was speaking. I think Lonnie Frisbee basically looked over to him and said, God's healing you right now or something like that. And bam, he said, like saw like lightning shoot through his mind and like a flash and boom, he was healed. And that's what God does. God, and my point is God can heal the man that thinks He's looking at the mirror and his face is halfway gone, blown off from a shotgun or someone that's dealing with depression. He could heal anyone and do anything he wants, 
but it all goes down to what was Mike McIntosh doing at the time? He was going to church, even though he thought his brain was blown out, going to church, going to church, reading the Bible, going to church, going to church, and hearing the study, and then by God's sovereign grace, he just touched him and healed him one day. And in the same way, what'd you do? You got along with God, and you just kept doing it over and over and over, and God healed you in that process. Yeah, we're, as believers, we're called to a life of victory, and it's typified in the book of Joshua, in you know the children of Israel going into the promised land, really stepping out, a generation stepping out of unbelief into belief, into a life of faith. And in the promised land, there is a bunch of giants in battles, battle after battle. That's the entire book of Joshua is all battles. But the Lord promised before they went into the promised land, everywhere the sole of your foot touches, Joshua, I've, I've given it all to you. And the sad thing is that the children of Israel didn't take all of the land. Mm-hmm. But all he had to all the Lord, all the, all he had to, it started with one step, believing the promise and then putting your foot into the Jordan. The Jordan didn't part until Joshua put his foot in the Jordan. That sounds crazy. <laughs> right? You got to think about this. Yeah. yeah. It's like reading the Bible and you're going to feel better. Stick yeah, your but foot it's in a, the Jordan. It's a step yeah. of faith. Exactly. It's a little, that's yeah. how the Lord speaks to me. Is like, yeah, you, you, you want to say like, oh, that's not going to do anything. That's not going to fix anything. Oh, really? Put your foot in the Jordan. What? And like step by step, this battle, just make a choice. Open your Bible. Read it. Cut out people of your life. Stop. Delete Instagram for till this battle's over. At least it's worth your life. It's worth your your mind because the mind is the arena of all spiritual warfare. And heck yeah, the Bible says He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on Him. Not like you can't distract yourself, and that's that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to distract yourself. Little allurements here and there. Maybe if I do this, I can get out of this. And it's it's never true. You're in a season of depression. I'll tell you emphatically, you won't be in it forever. But you have to walk with the Lord through it. It's not easy. It's a battle. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be good moments. There's going to be really, really gnarly moments. Yeah. But you have to retreat to the simple things. Worship the Word of God in prayer and just believing that because God said it, He will do it. Just choose to believe. So going off what you just said, when, when we're worshiping, we have to turn off our phone we have to disconnect worship is not to be distracted and to be texting on your phone trying to read the bible remember we were talking about open the bible and read there's something supernatural that happens there as your body uh as your spirit gets fed by the by by the living word um if you're all distracted you're not you're not you're not worshiping god i mean imagine if i'm talking to you and i'm over here and i'm like yeah wait so you know we're talking and i'm texting and i'm like put my skateboard together and yep. you know like that's the way like okay you're talking to god hmm. you're hearing him talk to you when you read the bible it's like him talking to you and you're like texting and you're doing other things you're not the true way to worship god is to bow your will and to submit to him and listen and if we're completely distracted by instagram and all this stuff you're putting in all this garbage you're allowing satan to get these footholds in your life through all this stuff and this is why there's no victory. Yeah, I, I have a daughter that zero is, victory. Yeah, one of my daughters is very like in her mind a lot, thinker, and there's times where I'll just let her, I'll watch her, I'll just let her spin her wheels for a little bit until she's just like so frustrated, and then she'll come to me and she'll say, "Daddy, how do I do this?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it's like, boom, done. Oh, I like that. So we get yeah. to this point of like the Lord just like, you want to spin your wheels, bro? I'm going to let you be broken. I'm going to let you be frustrated. I'm going to let you yeah. run yourself into the ground. Yep. 
and I'm watching you, but I need you to come to me broken and ready to let me show you how to do this yeah. or let me do this for you. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to live a life of surrender. Okay, Lord, I don't want to have to be like worn out or broken. I want to stay broken so you can just do what you got to do and stay dependent. To uh, break down that verse, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden for I will yeah, give you peace that, and rest for your soul. That's an amazing verse because yeah. Jesus, he, there, there's always an invitation to come. He says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and, says, and learn from me. He says, all you. Everybody. That's everybody. No matter what you're going through. He says, and, and, learn, and learn of me. Mm -hmm. Let me teach you. And there you will find rest for yourself. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm -hmm. So we place these like heavy burdens of like, your life was never yours to direct. Mm -hmm. So don't try. Just obey mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Rest in him. Trust in him. And there's a quiet surrender. When you, when you obey God, you know, people may say, man, oh, submit to God. That sucks. I don't know. <laughs> ah. No, honestly, it's like. When you obey God and you just submit to him and like, mm -hmm. God, I want you to do what you want to do in my life because mm -hmm. you know the best because he's a loving father. And that sounds so Christianese and so cliche, but honestly, it's true. And and you know me, I don't talk Christianese, but he wants to bless you <laughs> as well. And and when you do submit to him, it's literally mm -hmm. like, dude, you, you get so, your life is literally, it's full. And you're like, you're having fun and you feel peace. And yeah, you go through trials and tribulations and storms and all that stuff. Yes, yes. But honestly, you start doing stuff that you had no idea that God wanted you to do. And you're so happy doing it. It's like what you think you like, oh, I love this piece of paper. But God's like, oh, you're going to love this laptop. <laughs> you're going to love this iPhone. And you're going to love this computer. And you're going to love this camera. And I'm not saying these items. I'm just saying these things he puts into your life. And you're like... Mm. Dude, my gosh, I had no idea. I used to think I used to just love writing, you know, writing on paper, you know, uh, letters or whatever. He's like, well, wait till you get the laptop. You're going to yeah. be able to like write and you're going to be able to design. You're going to be able to video edit. And you're going to be able to, you know, do photos and all this stuff. It's like, he's like, I have so much more for you. Yeah. Like, you're stoked on this piece of paper and this pen. Wait till you see the G5 laptop. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's honestly like a great illustration of just yeah. what God he has so much more from you. Yeah. Don't settle yeah. for what you think mm -hmm. you like. Yep. He has mm -hmm. so much more. Yeah. So I would end it here. Listen, wherever you're at in your life or wherever you're at right now, you're driving, you're watching this on YouTube or one of our other platforms or on our app or on our you know, website, God loves you. Ask him in your life. All you have to do is literally, he, he says, come to me all you. That's everyone, every race, wherever you're at in the world, come to me now and just ask for forgiveness. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a dirty sinner and I've, I haven't given my life to you. I haven't surrendered. I haven't bowed my will. I, my, my eye has opened up to all this darkness. I'm just feeding myself all this garbage and I'm tired of feeling the way I want. Flood me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit baptize me with the Holy Spirit, with the blood that was shed on the cross, forgive me of all my sins, wash me white as snow, and Lord, use my life and show me who I am in you, my identity in you, and teach me how to walk with you. Just say that prayer, and he'll do it right now, 
And I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, fall on them, fill them, baptize them. Jesus, forgive them and show them and prove that you're real right now through this screen or through this audio encounter. Encounter them in a powerful way in Jesus' name. Well, you guys, that's the end of the show. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. Uh, Beaudreau. Boudreaux. Boudreaux. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. All right. Well, hey, go to the whosoevers.com. Invite us uh, to your city. We're doing school events, park events, juvenile detentions. Anywhere there's youth, we're there. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show.